Hello out there. It's Sharon Froshen again, the Chief Operating Officer for the Discover Your Path You platform, where we believe that every life can teach and everyone can grow. To that end, I'm also the host of this show, The Connection Sessions, where we bring together practitioners, artists, marketers, entrepreneurs, spiritualists, mentors, and students in an effort to connect to community, learn from each other, and grow. Today with me, I have a real treat for you guys. We have Zandra with us, who I actually met through the group Nourish, where she participates in the panel, Ditch the Diet, Face the Feelings. I probably would never have gotten to meet her otherwise, so I'm extremely grateful for that panel, Beth. Zandra focuses on a very interesting way of looking at food and weight loss, and that is that if we eat intuitively and mindfully, we don't really need to focus on weight loss because the body will take care of that for us. This is a very unusual way of looking at dieting because we often spend so much time trying to control our weight with our eating that we end up kind of getting ourselves into a tizzy. So I love the way that you come at eating and at nutrition, Zandra, and I can't wait for you to share with us how you got into this field, what brought you to life coaching, and why you're so passionate about this specific form of weight loss. So please, share with us. <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. Hi, everyone. Um, I really got into health coaching. As some of you know, I've got a, um, a background in community nursing. And the biggest thing for me was that clients were always, the docs told me to change my lifestyle. It's told me to change how I'm eating. So in the community, I spent a lot of time educating clients on how do we do this? Where do we start? And from there, I took my first um, certification with um, Health Coach Institute, which was really awesome. And... Then I ended up taking another course uh, through Eating Psych um, Institute of Psychology of Eating with Mark David. And that was a real fantastic course. And it really bridged my nursing background with weight, health, and how do we really start working on our own health. Mm. Um, I've been a chronic dieter for years. I started when I was probably 14 or 15. And it was a simple comment from my mom that triggered it. And it was simply, you can't wear that skirt. It's too short and your thighs are too fat. Wow. Who would have thought after spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on every fad diet out there, it took taking Mark's course to go, holy <laughs> Really? Yep. <laughs> um, so that's how I got started. Um, I really like to focus on our gut health. That's really important for us. But more than that, it's that mindfulness of how are we eating. Mm. Taking the time to slow down, taking time to breathe, taking the time to just focus on where we're at at that plate. Yeah. And you've probably seen or heard it on my page. Um, I love this make peace with your plate 
I do love that. Because if you can't make peace with that plate, no matter what you do, it's not going to change where you're at. It's very true. So that's, yeah. And then I take into the aspect of the intuitive eating because it goes a little bit further and more in depth for especially like anybody that's been chronic dieting um, on that dieting roller coaster, our binge eaters and our emotional eaters really need to step back and look at everything as intuitive and tuning into that inner body wisdom. That's very true. One of the things that shocked me the most, Sandra, my liver failed four years ago as a result of psychiatric medications, and I had to start taking like a really hard look at my health, and that started my journey along health. And what was really shocking for me is that in an industry where the oath that is taken by new doctors, the Hippocratic Oath, actually arises from Hippocrates, who said, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food, that the average doctor coming into the industry gets maybe one to two hours of nutrition counseling or education in an entire eight-year process of learning. So to hear that there's a community nurse up there in Canada who's taking it on herself to kind of make up for the fact that so many doctors, and I don't believe, I I, want to make it clear here that I am not doctor bashing. What I'm saying is that this particular set of education principles and requirements are so vastly and woefully inadequate, and doctors are left without the knowledge to explain to their patients exactly how you turn this ship around after you're 300 pounds and you're pre-diabetic and you're getting diabetic neuropathy and you can't seem to lose any weight, you're exhausted, you can't catch your breath. They are actually not equipped with the tools to be able to share this with their clients. So as somebody who's been through this, thank you so much for being willing to be the one who steps in and kind of fills that gap in for the patients that are being treated by the doctors that you work with. Yes, it's, it's really, really true. And, and as you know, I'm not community nursing anymore. Um, but that's the biggest failure. And, and I'm like you. I don't bash the docs. Mm-hmm. They are needed. Definitely they are needed. They do have a place. And it's like you said, their nutrition education is so minimal. Um, Our docs up here get seven days of very short trainings throughout their whole eight years. Yet we know, we know food is the primary cause of a lot of our diseases. Yes. We know that. We have so much processed food now. That's food. food. (laughs) Really food? (laughs) Not really food. Um, and, and, And what are we feeding? What are we feeding our kids? What are we putting into our own bodies? And we don't really have anybody in the medical field that's really stepping forward and saying, Hey, wait a minute. Let's look at this diet. Yes. Um, in the community, as awful as it sounds, our retired 
women and men uh, who are living on CPP, which is Canada Pension, mm-hmm. old age security. They're in their 70s, 80s. There isn't enough money there for them mm. to actually eat a healthy diet. Indeed. So we called them in the community, as awful as it sounds, we used to say those are our t- toast and tea grannies and grandpas. Mm. Why? Bread's cheap. Yep. Tea is cheap. Yep. And isn't it sad that we live in a world where that is the number one thing that's happening out there. It is. And personally, here in the United States of America, we have much of the same system. By the way, I just want to let you know, Sammy D is watching right now and says, hello, lovelies. (laughs) Hi, Sammy. For those of you that don't know, Sammy D is the Chief Technology Officer for the Discover Your Path You platform, as well as a member of the Ditch the Diet, Face the Feelings panel, and is also a coach who who specifically focuses on body image and getting off that dieting wheel. So thank you for joining us today, Sammy. One of the things that's hardest for me as someone who was raised to respect my elders is seeing senior citizens in the United States of America who are currently having to choose between feeding themselves and the medication that's causing the, you know, feeding themselves with the food that's causing the need for the medication that they can't afford. How do you deal with that with clients that come to you, these toast and tea senior citizens who are struggling to just to keep themselves in some semblance of health, how do you help them get out of this mindset? It's really a matter of stepping back. And especially like in the community, I would step back. I would really look at what were they eating? What meds are they on? And how many of those meds are contradicting each other? That's huge. Um, So just step back and take a look at really what are you really eating? Um, What's happening in your day-to-day life? Take the time to analyze um, that diet and get rid of, probably you might start with, let's look at all the processed stuff that you're eating. Craft dinner. That's pretty much poison plastic. You know, buy a bag of macaroni for a buck. Buy a little brick of cheese. You probably got some butter in your house. Make it. It doesn't take long. Learn to go back to the basics and really look at what's happening in the gut. Our gut causes, I would say 90% in my estimation, and I'm probably high, but that's my feeling. 90% of our gut health causes all of our chronic diseases. Agreed. Would you mind explaining to our viewers what the gut microbiome is? It's the lining within the gut that really has the good bacteria, the bad bacteria to really start fighting things within. Mm. And our gut's really linked to our heart and our brain. So whatever's going on in that gut, like if you've got uh, IBS, um, 
Crohn's. Generally, there's something going on in there that it's not balanced. That that bacteria isn't balanced. Sugar is a huge one for upsetting that gut microbiome. Indeed. Our so many of the foods break down to sugar in our body now too. Yes. Yeah. And and when we're eating all the processed foods, read the package. Yeah. You've got sugar and then you've got your dyes. You got your colorings. Um, A, color A and color red. So yellow and red are probably the two worst color additives that anybody's ever put in our food. Mm. And think about all the foods that are that color. <laughs> what do we do when we're parents? We give our kids Fruit Loops. Yep. Duh. <laughs> and it's, really? <laughs> it's so hard. I'm not a parent, but like Sammy D just said that after my mom died, my dad still refuses to cook. He's just not interested. So there's that too. We get locked into these patterns of who's responsible for what in the household, or it's just been so long that this is the way we've always done it that we kind of reach that limiting belief that I'm sure you encounter a lot as a health coach of it's too late to really make any changes by taking yeah. care of my body. Yeah. How that, do you that's deal with very that? Common. I encourage with little tiny steps. Um, I would, if, if Sammy's dad was close and I could talk to him, I would say, let's just try this. Mm -hmm. and do a really simple, maybe a three-ingredient recipe where he doesn't need to, you know, go to elaborate things, just whip up a few ingredients. If he likes pancakes, he can do a banana pancake, three ingredients. So good for you, too. Yeah, so simple, simple things. Um depending on how old they are, they might need family to help chop their veggies so that they can make a pot of soup. Mm -hmm. A pot of homemade soup, if you will, help them put all the ingredients together, they can put it together themselves. And that starts a healthy diet. So you spoke of intuitive eating and body wisdom earlier. Would you mind sharing with our audience what that is and how it can be woven into our diet? Our intuitive eating is really listening to what is your body saying it needs right now? What does it want? And before you even have a meal, you might say, ask yourself, what is my body really asking for at this moment? And if it says, all I want for lunch is a pear and an apple, that's what you have. Mm. It's really stopping to think about what are, what's my body asking me for? Your body's going to tell you. If you really tune into it, it's going to say, I just want a toasted cheese sandwich today. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Go for it. It's, it's 
your body will do what it needs to do to absorb that carbs. Um, preferably if you can buy the best bread that your monies can buy is better for you than cheap wonder bread. Agreed. But let your body talk to you. Sit back and really ask what's going on. Take time to breathe before you eat. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Sit down and, and really say thanks for this food that's on my plate. Um, thank the farmers for raising it. Thank the grocers for putting it on the shelf. Get yourself into that zone of relaxed, really relaxed eating. And then savor each and every bite. Feel it in your mouth. Smell it. See the colors. Experience it with all of your senses instead all of just of your senses. Yeah. That's a very good point. It's here, I know here in the United States, it's so common to be out on the freeway and to see half of the cars on the freeway driving and eating because we're and it's very rarely like, you know, bagged carrots. Most <laughs> of the time it's Mickey D's or some other type of fast food. And we are in such a rush to get to the next thing that we need to do. And we do the same thing with our cars a lot too, which is I got to get here. The car has to take me here. But there's no acknowledgement of the fact that if I don't take care of the vehicle that's transporting me, be it the car or my body, that at some point me getting to the next place is no longer going to be a viable option because I will have backed myself physically into a corner and be forced to start taking care of my body. But now with modern medications, rather than us being forced into that corner, well, now I can pop a pill that gives me the feeling of health, <laughs> even though my body's not actually getting healed. And we just run from one thing to another. How do you help your clients who are on that hamster wheel of got to go, got to do, start to back up and put their priorities in order? I, when I first work with them, when I first start working with them, that's really the whole mandate before we do anything else. Um, slow down. I want you to journal. I want you to look at why are you on this hamster wheel of life? Mm -hmm. Is it really, what's causing this? And how much time are you taking for you to actually give yourself some self-love? Mm -hmm. If you don't slow down, the self-love isn't there. Acknowledge that, right? Take that time to really um, tune into what do you want? Um, some clients have a real huge issue with boundaries of, and I hate to say it, sometimes family members are just that. They are just family members. Step back, really analyze. Are they in my life to be good? And are they serving? And I don't mean serving in a way of, doing stuff for you are they serving your well-being and your mental health yes. because if you don't take a look at all of this at the beginning no matter what you do 
it's not going to change your outer. You have to do that inner work and, and really pay attention to that inner work. And nine times out of 10, if they stop, slow down, do the inner work and then start changing the diet very slowly. Get rid of the pop. Pop is huge. Yes. Fruit juice. Fruit juice is horrible. Yep. This fruit punch, I don't even know what the heck they call it. My <laughs> landlord drinks this stuff. And I just go, oh my God, holy shit. <laughs> Right? I mean, it's called Hawaiian punch. Yeah. That's literally what it does is it punches you in the gut. What's it doing? It's filling your body yeah. with crap. Which so, makes you crave more crap. That's right. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's a circle. It's a rut that we get into. But if we stop and really look at all that and, and take that from that point, most clients can end up with less medication which is always a benefit and that's if they're huge into meds i would never tell anybody to drop that medication but i would certainly say let's change this this and this and then go back to your doc and see if you really need that med because like you said earlier, so many medications are actually causing the symptoms that the next level of medications have been added to treat. So for me, I was on, I have pretty severe PTSD and I was, I got my first level of medication and then that level of medication caused symptoms that they then added another level and it got stacked up until I was taking six pretty heavy duty psychiatric medications, which is between that and 10 years of drug usage and alcoholism is what caused my liver to fail. So then I had to find a natural alternative to those medications. But so many people in our society today are on medications that it's really hard to find a natural alternative to outside of diet. And there's so much shaming and so much you should, or how dare you be fat, or I, and actually I'm beginning to learn, I'm beginning to have my horizons broaden that there are so many women who are struggling to put on weight as a result of diet and to keep themselves within a normal range of weight for their body type, that we get stuck in this shame and don't reach out for help because we're convinced we're going to get slapped around if we do. What does the diet industry teach us? That we can't do it on our own. Exactly. We have social media that says in order to be a part of society, you need to be thin. Mm -hmm. So what do the women do? They get into the next fad diet that doesn't work they go to the next and then they go to the next and oh geez it's not working so they start beating themselves up they start hating their body yes and 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 that doesn't do anything for them because all we're doing then is creating a stress response within our body which holds the weight 
And so why don't you talk to us about that? Because I think that a lot of women, and I know there are men who get caught on the dieting, but women much more thoroughly do. Why, how does stress affect weight loss? If there's several ways. Um, the first thing that it does, though, is it increases the cortisol, which is our hormone, our stress hormone. So if you think about our bodies have been around for eons and eons. So back in the caveman days, when we were out there to chase and kill, we could just as easily be chased by a tiger. Stress response happens. Take that into our modern day. You're going to work. You're late for work. Fight and flight happens. Stress response happens. So the body says, oh, I'm, I'm in trouble here. So it starts hoarding all the calories within your body. So when we eat under stress, when we come home from work and we've had a shit day at work, the best and easiest thing that you can do is take five minutes, sit down, put some calm music on, have a glass of water, have a, glass, a cup of tea, sit quiet, just be. Let your body calm down. Get, get that out, the stress out from the day. Then start making your meal. Because your thoughts are all part of everything around you. Mm -hmm. So if you're fixing this meal because you're pissed from work, all those feelings are going into that food that you're preparing. And into the selection of food that you make. And into the selection. And, and it's just increasing the stress response in your body. Absolutely. It most certainly does. Sammy says, Glossy Magazine, you are beautiful just the way you are on the cover. Page two, here's a cupcake recipe. Page three, the <laughs> bikini diets. <laughs> and it's so true. That's exactly what these magazines do. But we as women, magazines like Vogue, magazines like Elle, the other, these, these beauty magazines have us focusing on things like thigh gap. It is not natural for a woman to, that's, that's not the natural, normal way of every woman's body. There are some women who naturally have a thigh gap. Most women do not. But then we pursue this really, truly, if I'm honest, almost an unattainable goal to maintain in the presence of health. So we're choosing the goal that takes us away from health because we're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of not having a partner, not getting to start a family because we're not attractive enough to get a partner. And it just becomes this downward spiral of <laughs> until we implode. Totally. Totally. What? I used to do fashion. Um, what a lot of women don't understand is that every photo that's in Vogue, Elle, any fashion magazine, it's all photoshopped. Oh, yes. And if you can take a step back and say, that is not the real person, mm -hmm. 
you need to do that because there isn't a model out there that her photo has not been photoshopped. So true. We know that the stats of women who hate their body is usually one in six. So it works out to about 95% of women in the US, including Canada, that at some point throughout the day says, I hate my body. God, words have power. So the minute you say, I hate my body, you're actually feeding your subconscious with that information. All the diets in the world are not going to fix that statement. And then we say that in front of our daughters who are picking up that message from their mothers and just continuing that cycle of self-hatred. I just read some stats and I should have wrote them down for today. Um, I believe it's one in six children between the ages of four and six that are already concerned about their body image. Oh my Lord. And it's one, is it one in five? between the ages of seven and eight, seven and nine, are already watching what they're putting on their plate. I remember when I was a kid, I ate everything in sight and never worried about it. Was your mom a dieter? My mom was actually really big into health food. So everything that was available to us in the house, we didn't have pop, we didn't have sugar, we didn't have, she made her own peanut butter, her own maple syrup. Like this was an extremely industrious health conscious woman so i was allowed to eat pretty much anything in the house and ate tons of it if and in that case yeah you would have never had that diet mentality being shown but when the women are actually dieting they're starting that restriction yeah they're depriving themselves it's picked up by their kids as is most things that we do in front of yeah. our children. Yeah. So it's really scary, Sharon, with the, the stats that are out there, with how many kids are already coming into a diet industry. Let's face it, diet, diet industry is, is a multi-billion dollar industry. Yep. But sure. we have the highest rate of obesity and chronic disease while being the most technologically and medically advanced in history. Yep. There was a study done last year or in 2016. It was done by the University of Calgary in Alberta, here in Canada. And our newest disease will have 65% of the visits into a doctor's office for high blood pressure treatment. Mm. That just seems impossible, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, Zandra, believe it or not, our half hour is already oh, up. Wow. It never ceases to amaze me how quickly <laughs> this goes by. I cannot tell you how much I value having you here on the show as somebody who comes from both sides of the coin, from both the medical industry as well as the coaching industry, and can give such a balanced view of what we're doing to our bodies and how we can change our thoughts to change our worlds. 
So thank you so much for being with me here today. Thank you to our viewers who came and watched with us today. And if you do watch the show after we're no longer live, please just drop us a hashtag replay and let us know that you came by. And if you saw something of value that you think that your friends could benefit from, please feel free to share this video as widely as you would like to. We always appreciate your patronage that way. We will be back on Monday at, again, 1 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And until then, guys, thank you so much. Thanks, Sharon.